God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. I want to um, just go over that with you. This is our vision. And repeat after me. We will accept, love, and forgive everyone who walks through our doors. We will reach up in worship. Reach in in discipleship. Reach out in evangelism. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let us never forget that this is what we're called to do. This is actually the, the mission or the vision of every church. Some, some may not say it the same way, but this is, should be what they're doing. Go into all the world, create disciples, teaching them all they have commanded you. We got to worship God. We got to get his directive. We got to reach in. We got to disciple. Part of Angela's process is to be discipled and go through the steps. The same as, as others that are here that have gone through. Discipleship means that you're a student of the word. If you're a student of the word, you've got to show up when class is in session. It's Sunday mornings. It's also Wednesdays. It's when the doors are open. It's Monday nights for young adults. But here's the thing. Sometimes we think, oh, I've heard that before. Let me tell you something. This word right here, this never gets old. When you think you got it, look out. When you start thinking like that, oh, I already know that's, that's young adult stuff. No, 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 no. I don't care what level, if I go in there and teach nursery, you can learn something. Did you hear what I said? Teach nursery, not watching. Not, yeah, you got to wipe some butts, you got to feed some bottles, but they should be teaching, praying, anointing. Mm. This, this, is, this is a serious thing, this walk that we have. This isn't a social club. Eternity is at hand. The world's on fire and you got the fire extinguisher. Are you going to use it or not? Do you know how to use it? See, I can equip you with a sword, but if you don't know how to use it, you might hurt yourself. I'm going to talk about that. Because some, some of you think you're wise in the Lord, and that very thought is a trap from the enemy. Right? When you start thinking you got this down pat, look out. We are in that Thanksgiving season. Thanksgiving is coming up. It's a national holiday, yeah, but it's a good concept for us to reflect, spend time with family, appreciate, and be thankful. Be thankful for what the Lord has done. Because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift. There's nothing that you have in your life that is called good that didn't come from the Father. Nothing. See, mm, see I'm going I'm to I'm I'm try to preach here today and, and share a message. I want to teach a little bit as well. But it's all about an attitude of gratitude. See, if you don't have an attitude of gratitude, you get critical. You start grumbling. You start complaining. You start going, woe is me. You're downcast. We've all been there, but you can't stay there. 
You can't stay downcast. Because where's your hope? Our hope is, should be in the Lord. He never tires. He never rests. He never grows weary. His arm is not short. He's there for you. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. He never sleeps. And if he is your hope, why are you downcast? If he never rests, he's always active. He's always working on your behalf. He is your advocate. I'm going to get excited about that. Even a criminal who finds himself a good attorney gets a little happy. You still don't want to go to court, but at least I got a good advocate to give me the best chance possible. Life isn't a sentence for you. It's an opportunity. But even if you did think it was a sentence, you have the best attorney possible in Jesus Christ. Amen? Give them, Lord, a hand clap. And I probably should have already done this. If you join me, stand for the reading of God's words. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Father, be with us. Help us to understand your word. Let it penetrate our minds and hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All circumstances, all situations. I can hear the voices now, and I've said it too myself. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You, I, I may not know what you personally are going through, but God does. He knows all things. He's ever-present, omnipresent. He knows all things. He knows every thought in your mind, every worry in your heart, and he's waiting for you. He's sitting there saying, child, when are you going to give it to me? You've been wrestling with this for far too long. Satan's whooping your butt, but you've got to call upon me. When you're in trouble, what do you do? Help! Somebody help me! That's what God's waiting from you. And then he's going to dispatch his angels to work on your behalf. He's going to send the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, guidance, discernment. He's going to help nudge you in the right direction. He's going to give you boldness and courage to break that, that terrible relationship that you're in. That bad habit that's been catching you over and over and over again. And you're sick and tired of being sick and tired yourself. You're even upset with yourself for doing that stuff. But you haven't gotten victory yet because you haven't called upon the Lord. It's not by your strength. It's not by might, nor is it by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Some of you need that victory. I know you do because I need it too. Quit getting your butt whooped. I know at times I got my butt whooped. I call for backup. Hey, cuz, you know, we got to roll out. Oh, yeah, see, I haven't been saved all my life. Sometimes you got to call backup, right? You got to call the faithful. See, we're your church family. We're your backup. The ultimate backup is the Father, Yeshua, Adonai, Christ Jesus. He goes by many names, comforter, provider. What do you need today? Peace giver. What do you need? Break the chains of oppression, lies. What do you need today? Waymaker, 
I just don't know how it's going to happen, Father. Well, follow me. I'll show you the way. I'll make a way. Even if there wasn't one, I'll blaze a new trail for you, he says. Who needs a trail blaze this morning? See, we got to call upon the Lord. He is the one. Now, sometimes we get discouraged because he doesn't act in the time frame that we need him to or we want him to. But he's always working. That's where faith comes in. Faith. We got to be thankful in all situations, in all circumstances. I love it. It says, always be joyful. Wait a minute. My situation is dire. And you tell me to be joyful? Yep. Never stop praying. Your prayers may change, but it says not to stop. And to be thankful in all circumstances. Not necessarily for the circumstance, because some of you are in some messed up situations. Right? I get the prayer cards. I know you're messed up. It's, it's, I ain't going to lie. We need a miracle. Amen? But we serve a mighty God. Your situation, is it something that he has never seen before? You think your problem's so big that God can't handle it? Come on now. We're talking about my God. Mm. Never forget. I love this, I love this psalm. I'm going to share a few verses with you. Uh, psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Oh. You know what's so funny is I give opportunities for testimonies, and I'm not hating on the people who are there, but sometimes your mind freezes. Whoop. I don't, I don't have a testimony. I don't know. What? Forget not his benefits. I'm leery about uh, taking testimonies just because in my childhood I saw people abuse it. You know, they give them testimonies. It'll go something like this. Well, it was, a, it was a sunny morning, and I was wearing a blue sweater, and I got in my white car, and I drove to the store to get some butter. And then I saw someone. And then I prayed for them. And they accepted Jesus. Praise God. I don't need to know about your sweater or your car or the butter. <laughs> Am I lying? I'm just being transparent, but that's their testimony. But sometimes after hearing that over and over, they, they, then it, you, the Lord led you to pray for someone, you obeyed, and they, they came to the Lord. Praise God. That's what I want to know, right? But sometimes we don't even remember to testify. Here's, here's where Christians struggle in their victory. It says, we destroyed the works of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. But what happens when you aren't testifying any no more, anymore? Where's your victory? Forget not his benefits. Not only don't forget them, but share them. Because your testimony is going to encourage someone else who perhaps is going through the same thing and doesn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But when you start to share what the Lord has done in your life, how he delivered you, how he set you free, how he provided when no one else was and a check came in the mail, how he, how he helped you in this situation. You didn't know which way to go, but you felt a, a Holy Spirit unction and he guided you along the paths of righteousness. 
When you were about to sin, you were about to fall in the trap that the Satan had uh, set for you, and you called upon the Lord, and all of a sudden a phone call came. Someone showed up at the door and presented an opportunity that you couldn't do what you were going to do any longer. That's what I'm talking about. Forget not his benefits. Here's something I want to warn you about. It's evil not to thank God. Some of you are like, ah, I don't know, Pastor, you just went over a line. I don't know if I buy that. I never heard that before. What are you talking about? It's evil not to thank God. Let me share with you. Romans 1, 21. Yes, they knew God. I'm, all right, I'm going to exegete this scripture for you just real quick. They knew him. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They wouldn't worship him, and they wouldn't give him thanks. I harp on this church quite a bit about worship, about entering in. This is why, right here. This is why. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. I recently dealt with a situation where someone was telling me, I'm, I'm going to save that for a minute. It's interesting how sheep try to tell a shepherd how to shepherd. Only shepherds can teach shepherds how to shepherd. I have my shepherds above me, but sometimes I have sheep try to tell me how to shepherd a flock. Oh, really? Is that what you're trying? Okay. And they begin to think up foolish ideas of what God is like. And as a result, their minds become dark and confused. Oh, come on. Claiming to be wise, they're going to speak like they know what they're talking about. They instead become utter fools. Now, this ain't me saying it. I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on nobody. But I most certainly have seen this come to pass. And this happens when you forget to thank God and worship him. And you start walking in just head knowledge. You read some scriptures, but you didn't rightly divide them. You attend church, but you don't worship. You come to class, but you don't testify. Huh? And what is the result of such a lifestyle? You think you're wise. But God calls you a fool. Let us not walk in blissful ignorance thinking we know something that we don't know. But let us enter into his worship. Because when you go into worship with the Heavenly Father, his presence begins to do a work in you. He tears down that pride, that ego, that thing that makes you puffed up and think you know something when you really don't. In his worship. And the attitude of gratitude, being thankful of who he is, keeps it coming. Have you ever helped somebody and they never said thank you? And then they come and need some more help? Can I get another five? Whoa, whoa, what happened to the last five? Huh? Let me, let me hold a 20 for a minute. No, you ain't holding nothing. I mean, I'll help, I'll help someone out, but not only did you not return what you said you only borrowed, if you wanted it as a gift, I would have gave it. Huh? 
I would have gave it, but you said you wanted to borrow, and you didn't return that. You didn't say thank you, and now you're coming back for more? How do you feel about that? Now, the, the God who created you, the God who created you wants a thank you. He wants an attitude of gratitude. Never forget. Never forget his benefits. And he says those who aren't worshiping him, who aren't thankful, they have an ungrateful attitude. And when people get like that, they think they're doing things in their own strength. They might even be successful people in the world's eyes, but they think they did it. Isn't it God who created you and gave you that talent, skill, ability, whatever it is that you have? It's God who gave you that, who blessed you with that. You didn't do that on your own. And we got to thank him for it because here's the ultimate thing. At some point, he might take it away. He might say, you know what? You're not using that right. Have you ever given a, a gift to a kid and they're doing something they're not supposed to do with it? It's a toy truck, but they're beating their brother with it. Right? Sometimes you give a gift with good intentions, but when it's not used for the right reason, what do you got to do? Give me that. That's a Tonka truck, not a bat. Right? What has your Heavenly Father got to do to get your attention, to get you on the right path? Here's something interesting that I like. Thankfulness leads to worship. Let me read this verse, and I'm going to tell you this story real quick. Psalms 100. But enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. Mm. The Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. It reminds me of that old song. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I'll enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. You guys know that one? I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. There you go. That's not just a song. Did you know that's a verse? You know that scripture when you're singing that? You're singing scripture? It's not just a song. I remember when that dawned on me. I started reading the Bible. Whoop. I was like, look at this. All the songs we sing is right here. I thought them people were so wise and they wrote these wonderful songs and they didn't write Jack. Lord. Jesus did that. So in Luke 17, we see the story of the 10 lepers, the calling upon the Lord. Now, the thing with leprosy is it's very, very contagious. It eats away at the skin and it kills your nerve endings. And as a result, when they're sleeping in the desert, mice and other creatures would come and start to nibble on them. If they had a cut, they couldn't feel it. It would fester and sore. And they'd begin to deteriorate. They'd lose limbs and ears would get chewed off by mice. And they wouldn't know it because they couldn't feel it. Or infection would set in and things would start to get gnawed away. They were cast to the outside of the city. And I understand that because they're highly contagious. So they're shouting from a distance, Lord, heal us. And he says, go. He, he, interesting thing. I'm going to give you a quick lesson. Every time Jesus healed, it was a... It's coming from a position of authority. This is going to rock your doctrine. 
He didn't pray in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost hadn't come up yet until he ascended to heaven. He didn't bring the praise team. Although we're instructed to, to do with the oil, that's instruction for us. He didn't have to. He was the oil. He said, go. Show yourself to the priest. And they obeyed. As they went, they became clean. Clean meaning the infection went away. The infection went away, but the results remained. So you reap what you sow. God might forgive you, but the effects still remain. He can help you through that. Prison systems are filled with people who call on the name of the Lord. They still got to finish their sentence, even though they're Christian. He doesn't take away the punishment or the reaping. So here they are, 10 of them are going, one of them. So here's the interesting thing. I'm assuming that nine of them were Israelites and one was a Samaritan, a foreigner, someone who didn't understand their ways, didn't understand all that they were uh, instructed to do. But one notices that his infection is gone. He stops. And he's overwhelmed with joy. And he begins with a loud voice to praise and glorify God. He came back and kneeled at Jesus' feet. Now that the infection's gone, he closed the gap. He drew close unto the Lord. Some of you during worship or altar calls, you don't come and draw forth. There's something special about drawing forth. Here's the interesting thing. His grateful heart brought him close to God. And as he showed gratitude to the Lord, the Lord gave him even more. See, some of you are happy with your blessing, but you're not thanking the blessor. See, you're walking with your little bit of doodad, your little goodness, your little tink trinket of, of whatever that you prayed for and thinking you got it and you go along and you're even you might even be testifying to others look at look at look at what I got look at what I got that's not really testifying that's showing off I guess right look at what I got look at what the Lord did for me look at look at look at but did you stop and thank him watch what happens to the to the one who stopped and thanked him. brother Deb this is awesome he came up to Jesus and he said, thank you. He started worshiping God. And God asked the interesting question. Weren't there ten of you? Where's the other nine? Where are they? He's looking for people to give thanks. He's looking for true worshipers. What was that leper doing at that time? That Samaritan? That foreigner? That half-breed? That person that didn't belong? Oh, he got a special blessing. Because the Lord said, rise your faith has made you whole. What he had lost from that sickness and disease was given back. When you read the word, that whole, he was restored. Whatever it is that the disease took away, digits, fingers, earlobes, whatever he had lost, he wasn't just clean anymore. Now he's made whole. A separate and distinct blessing that he received because he came and thanked and worshiped the Lord. What the other verse say? They neither worship him or thank him. Now, that's a verse in a different book, different chapter. Now, we have another verse that is illustrating what happens when you do thank him, when you do worship him, there's something more for you. Some of you are satisfied with the dollar when he's got a hundred for you. Right? You're satisfied with that five or that ten, and he's got a thousand. For you, but you haven't entered in. You prayed enough to get your five or your ten, 
But you didn't come and worship him and thank him to get your 1,000 or 10,000. Do you get the concept? I'm using money because it's just on a lot of people's minds sometimes. But whatever it is that the Lord has blessed you with, you've got to show him gratitude. Never forget his benefits. And he came and he was, this is the interesting thing. And it, it's in the scripture, so I want to express it. And if you want to read this story, it's in Luke 17. I believe it's 11 through 19. But he said that he, with a loud voice, glorified God. See, some people think that churches need to be prim and proper and quiet and quaint. But when you look up praise and worship in scripture, there's nothing soft and quiet about it. There's those times, there's those Holy Spirit hush that comes over the room, and you'll know that when Holy Spirit does that, you can hear a pin drop. Even the babies get quiet. But praise and worship is expressive. How many, is there any expressive people in the house today? A couple of you? I, I, I know, I saw a hand in the back, I, saw, I heard Miss Charlene say amen, and there was, a, there was a half a clap from Pastor Carl. Is there any expressive people in the house this morning? Give them a hand clap of praise. <laughs> praise God. Here's the interesting thing, and I love this, because this spells it out. Some of you are in situations you don't really know how to respond. Thankful in and not for. This is uh, Habakkuk speaking to us, and, and this is a pretty sorry situation. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no grapes on the vine, though the olive crops fails, and the fields produce no food, Though there is no sheep in the pen or cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like deer's, and he enables me to tread on the heights. Though there's, there's no money in the bank, though your hours have been cut, there's no savings there's no 401k. There's no investment. You got some bills due even. You already don't have, and yet you owe. There's no savings to dip to pay that. And they're cutting your hours, and you don't know what to do. You're frustrated. You're like, can I get a couple more hours so I can pay my bills? They're like, no, I'm sorry. There's some budget cuts. We got to do what we got to do. And you're like, what am I supposed to do? You're, you're filling out applications and resumes everywhere you go, but they're not calling you back. You're on the automated systems, and then you don't know where it goes in cyberspace, and you're not getting the calls back. You're knocking on doors. At this point, you got to rake, and you're walking down the street. I will rake your leaves. Huh? If not, you should be. Lazy bum, come on. You got some bills to pay. You need to do something to pay it, right? I will clean your gutters. I will wash your car. Uh, my baby needs some milk, needs some diapers. Oh, see, you, got, you guys didn't want a real preacher this morning, did you? Huh? You got to do what you got to do, right? In the positive. Doesn't give you permission to go thieving, stealing, or hustling like that. Nah, 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 nah. God can't bless that. He might turn your rake into a wonder wheel and you got five accounts and they're calling you up. And you're like, well, I can, 
might have to hire me and someone else with a rake. Next thing you know, he develops it into a landscape business, and you buy you a mower tracker and a snow plow. You don't know how God might bless you. Where there's a will, God makes a way. Now, let's look at this. There was no good for them to talk about. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will be joyful in God. Sometimes, this is, and this is a pet peeve of mine, and, I, and some of you, I may have already talked to you, and I just put this out there as a warning. If you're a saint of God, I mean, you're a Christian. Yes, Jesus is in your heart. And you serve in this house, and I come into this house, this church, and you're downcast, we're going to have a talk. Based on these scriptures, can you understand? It's not because you're downcast. It's why you are. Right? Thought precedes actions. What thoughts are in your mind that are making you downcast? And if those thoughts are in your mind, are you ready to serve someone else? To encourage someone else? To pray for someone else? To teach someone else? See, it's not a punishment. We don't punish in the church, but the outcome of the thing dictates what happened before it. If someone has a moral failure in the church, we're not, we don't take them out of that position because we're punishing them bad Christian. No, it means that their walk failed somewhere along the way. And they need time, just as much time, if not longer, to restore their walk. Does that make sense? That's not punishment. That's like, go take care of that. You're not in a position that you can minister to others because you yourself first got to get the plank out your eye. Go, go take care of that. We're praying with you. We're going to partner with you. We're going to hold you accountable if you want accountability. Some people don't want accountability. I don't know. I just feel there's, there's levels of accountability, right? Let's say Pastor Carl I'm, I hold myself accountable for him, to him for cardio work. If I don't hit the treadmill, he calls me up. Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Which you've been slacking a little bit, but I've been sending them to you. I send them to him anyway. I'm not running like I used to, but I'm on the treadmill, and I take a picture of it. I send it to him. I do it. Now, if I didn't, what could we do? So you could almost make a game out of it. Kyle, if Kyle asked me to hold him accountable, I was like, okay, what do you want? Just a phone call, a reminder, or a text? Or extreme accountability is name a person you don't like. Don't, don't, not for real, not all of <laughs> Give me a second. Ooh, I almost, I almost. Miss Francis, help me out. Be praying. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. In your head, there's someone you don't like. And I said to you, if you don't read your Bible today, Give me three checks made out to the person you don't like for $100 in a self-addressed stamped envelope and give them to me. And when you don't read your Bible, I'm going to send this out. Who wants that accountability? Who wants to read the Bible like that? Boy, I'd be reading some Bible, wouldn't you? Huh? Right? Give me three checks for $100 made out to your ex. If you don't read your word today, I'm going to send it to him. Now, that's accountability. I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to do that. That's advanced level stuff. That's black belt. We ain't do However, there, we should be holding each other accountable. Amen? 
And, and the good things, right? Uh, you know, with grace and love because they're also holding you accountable. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm reminded of Job who he lost everything. His, his job, his cattle, his, his 401k, his savings, everything. His children, he lost it all. He had nothing what seemed to be thankful for, but yet he thanked God because God was still with him. Even though I've lost a lot this past year, and many of you have, God's still with us. He can draw us through that. Amen? Because imagine trying to go through it without him. Without his peace, his comfort. Without his joy. See, we got to learn to switch it on, though. It doesn't just happen automatically. You got to pray that prayer. You got to say, Lord, even though I'm downtrodden, I lift it up to you and, and enter, keep trying to enter in until that joy starts to come. It doesn't happen automatically. Just because you wake up, you think that's, no. Nah. You got to enter into his gates. I think about Paul and Silas. Here's the story of Paul and Silas. They were thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. End time Bible says that might happen. Revelation days. You might share your testimony. They might say it's hate crime. You know, there's legislation out there in some states trying to do that right now. There's legislation that says that if you, if you preach Romans 1, which deals with a lot of fleshly issues, they're going to call you a hater and say because you don't agree with their agenda or what they want to do, then they will throw you in jail. You think I'm kidding? Look it up. In Texas, there was a governor who subpoenaed pastors' sermons and their notes because they were getting ready to charge them with hate crimes. So here's the thing. If I, as a pastor, am preaching the whole gospel, rightly divided, sanctity of life, holiness of marriage between one man and one woman, they're going to they're gonna call me and you something. But who are you going to honor? Who are you going to glorify in those times? It might end up that you end up like Paul and Silas, but watch what happened. Paul and Silas begin to sing praises unto God. They begin to worship God and thank God that they were counted worthy enough to be thrown in jail for the gospel. There's blessings. When you're persecuted for Jesus, there's special blessings for you in heaven. But some of you are like a super secret ninja agent Christian. Nobody knows you're a Christian but you. You don't carry a Bible, it's on my phone. Oh, I was just texting somebody. Come on now. Oh, Lord, help me stay on track. Jesus. Paul and Silas started worshiping the Lord. Their backs were bloody or beat. I imagine the cold, damp, nasty basement dungeon. The shackles are cutting into their arms. The scabs are breaking open as they hit the high notes. While they're singing, because you know you can't sing praises without getting a little sway, a little something in it, right? And their worship brought their breakthrough. Praise through it. Praise through it. Whatever it is that you're going through, because I know many of you are going through some praise and worship through it. Because that's where your deliverance is going to come from. And as they began to worship, the Holy Ghost showed up in that place. Because here's the interesting thing. You can't worship the Father without the Holy Ghost showing up. It doesn't happen. 
So when the Holy Ghost shows up, that provided the path to their freedom. The chains broke, the prison shook, the doors opened, and they had their way. They got out. Praise God. Joseph, he was sold, he was lied on, he was in prison, and he was forgotten about. But it was all for God's glory. Thankful in and not for. And we know this. Here's now Romans 8.28. I'm bringing this in. Listen up. And we know this, that in all things, say all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Your lights might be cut off. Your car might be repoed. You may have been laid off. You may have been fired. Your stocks may have gone down. Uh, you might be in crazy times and situations. You might have friends who are, uh, who are cutting out on you, uh, spouses who are cheating on you, uh, loved ones who aren't doing you right. You might be in all those situations. But God is saying, through that thing, although you're going through it, I'm working something in you. I'm, I'm tweaking you. I'm developing you. You're like clay in my hands, and I am molding you into the person that I need you to be to sustain the blessings I want to give you. This trial, this tribulation Think it not strange, these fiery, these fiery tribulations that you go through. Because in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen? God works all things to the good of those who love him. And here's the question. Do you love him? That promises only if you love him. Do you love him? If you don't, I want to introduce you to him. His name is Jesus. Call upon his name early. Call upon his name often. What hope do you have in this crazy world without him? Here's the summary. We are commanded to give thanks. We are to give thanks in every situation, not for every situation. Some of you got some messed up stuff, and, and I'm sorry for that. But it's not for it, it's in it while you're going through it. And the last thing, giving thanks puts you in the middle of God's will. Someone, some of you want a blessing, but you haven't quite learned how to position yourself for the blessing. Remember the leper who came and worshipped at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. He got the blessing. See, we sometimes got to learn to position ourselves for the blessing. That's all I'm going to try and encourage you to do. It's right for us to be grateful. It's right for us to position ourselves. God wants to bless us, but sometimes we got to push, put ourselves in a position to receive the blessing. Like, like a wide receiver going for a pass. I can throw passes all day, but if he's not running where I'm throwing, he ain't going to catch it. You feel me? You, if Jesus is throwing passes right down the center here and you running on the side sorry Miss Charlene she caught the blessing but you ran the route to the side you ain't getting no blessing we got to be obedient to his word we got to align ourselves with his word we got to position ourselves and that takes some discipline last thing and I'm going to end with this some of you are in a position of lack. You don't have a lot. That's just the pure facts. The numbers aren't adding up. You got more bills than you got money. You got more worries than you have help. You got more problems than you have solutions. You got more headaches than there is Tylenol. 
You're in that situation. Whatever your situation is, whatever it is that you have, however little it is, give it to the Lord. Watch what happens when there was 5,000 men, not including women and children, sitting there hungry, looking for something to eat. There was only two fishes and five loaves. This is interesting. Jesus got a little cocky. He says, you feed them. Bring them a problem, you do it. They found two fishes, five loaves. They gave it to Jesus, and what did Jesus do? He thanked the Father for it. The Father blessed it, and that little became a lot. Not only did it become sufficient for their needs, there was more than enough. Listen, there's, there's a secret here that shouldn't be so secret. I'm trying to tell you something. The little that you have, thank God that you got it. And give it to him. Thank you.